Welcome to the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast, a podcast honing in on living with aim. That's authenticity, intention, and masterful execution. All of this as we journey through the process of self-discovery, self-definition, and self-distinction. I'm your host, Farah Bernier, talent management executive and certified coach working with fabulously fierce women across the globe. Join me as I share coaching tips and resources that you can apply to your own journey to living fabulously fierce. And as an added bonus, I'm never doing this alone. Each week, I'll introduce you to one new guest joining me to share how they live fabulously fierce. Do keep in mind while I'm here for you and we'll take on this journey together. This is not meant to be a substitute for live coaching engagements. To find out more about coaching one-on-one, you've got a few options. Please feel free to visit www.farahbernier.co. That's www.farahbernier.co. Or you can email me at farahbernier at gmail.com. And of course, the Living Fabulously Fierce handle on Instagram. With that, as always, I'm so excited to be here with you today, so let's jump into today's session. Hello, hello, beautiful people. I hope you are all doing well and continuing to embrace what is the new year at the time of this recording and that things are going as intentionally as possible um, as we continue our journey here on the Living Fabulously Fierce uh, podcast, going through self-discovery, self-definition, and now arriving at the phase of the season when we are in self-distinction. It's interesting when I usually bring this up with my clients or uh, group coaching groups that I work with, um, or even just give um, talks on personal branding people think that when we're talking about uh, branding and distinction, it's about really highlighting and reinforcing what makes you special, what makes you unique. Now, the reality is there's much that makes you special and makes you unique. We are all different in so many different ways, despite our similar similarities that pull us all together as humanity. We know that. Um, But our differences our differences until we just point them out as distinction in the process of self-distinction. And the reason this is so important is I don't want you to focus on all the things that are characteristics that make you different or special. I want you to have a shift in your mindset where you think about when you are not in the spaces in which you currently operate, when you don't show up, when you're not present, when people unfortunately have to miss you and your voice, what is the thing that's missing? It's not an easy thing to come up with an answer for. It really requires thoughtfulness. Now, you may respond to this like, of course I know what's missing when I'm not in the room. I'm sure you know surface level things. I'm sure that you can think of maybe even three to five things that are not present when you are not in the room. But give it some additional thought because it's beneath the surface 
that distinction comes into play. And if this is really about cultivating an experience of self for self and also for others, what's important to understand is below the surface, what is missing when you are not in the room? Now, on the surface level, if it were me answering this question, I would say what's missing when I'm not in the room is someone who can really take challenging situations, break them down, and turn them into actionable steps. So my organizational mindset and approach to things is what's missing when I'm not in the room. That's my distinction. If I were to just come up with this with a very quick thought, um, giving it quick thought. But if I go below the surface, what I really want to think about is what is the loss for others when I'm not in the room? What is the impact that is missing? Now, when I shift it to that and I give it a little bit more thought, even just a little bit, what I come away with is when I am not in the room, what is missing is a systematic approach to solving problems that relies on deep listening, hearing everyone in the room, inclusion, making sure everybody gets to speak up, share their perspective about whatever the topic is we're handling, and then synthesizing so that we can then take action with impact versus action for action's sake. That's just one of the pieces that's missing when I'm in the when I'm not in the room. That's my self-distinction. Now I validated with this through different pieces of feedback that I've gotten. I validated this through sources um, who've worked with me, people who are personal confidants of mine. Um, friends who interact with me when we're dealing with something really challenging, all of the things. So this isn't something to be made up in a bubble. You start off on your own to really do some reflection here. But this really does have to be validated so that you can ensure the experience you're intending to facilitate with others is actually what they're experiencing. And so this week, as we kick into the final um, segment of the season that focused on self-distinction, this is where I want you to just go a little bit deeper. I want you to think about what is missing when I'm in the, when I'm not in the room. What's not there? Give yourself time to just sit and think with that for just a few minutes. And then go below the surface and think about what is the impact of my absence? Because only by answering that question can you really come to understand what it means to operate with self-distinction. Here's an example that counters that. Um, as a leader in a corporate space, you know there's, there's different ways to lead different meetings. And I think about the different styles and approaches the different leaders I've worked for have taken to regular team meetings. One way is we just always share pass downs. We are organizational, organizationally structured such that information cascades from the top to more junior levels. 
And it is perfectly normal to just cascade information. So if that's my mode of operating, if I happen to be on vacation, if I'm traveling or unexpectedly out for whatever reason, somebody else can easily step in and do that. Anybody can hand in pass downs, right? That's not distinction. Now I might have some lightheartedness to it. I might add some levity if there's some tough messaging, but really anybody could step in and do that. Now what's missing when I'm not in the room to do the exact same thing is taking a step further of pointing out the impact of any information that I plan to cascade down to my direct reports. I make it relevant to them. And I always make sure if I am sharing for sharing's sake, I articulate that. If I am sharing for action's sake, it is very clear that that is the case and what the action is. It sounds foundational to most leaders, but it's not actually common, excuse me. And so in the environment in which I operate, I make sure that is part of Bernier distinction. It's a very small example, but I hope that articulates what the intention is behind self-distinction. And I encourage you this week to offer yourself the time to really reflect on that and answer those two questions, both the surface level question and then the depth level question. As always, please don't hesitate to share um, your insights from your reflection. And any questions you have, as always, I'm always here to help. Um, A few folks actually reached out two weeks ago, and we put together a very impromptu roundtable about six friends, and it was amazing. I didn't share it. It was a group that wanted to stay intact. Um, But we hashed through uh, self-definition in a really cool and fun way. And I appreciated it because um, this is a new group of people to me to just connect with and be able to deep dive into this a little bit more. So all that offer is always there. Please don't hesitate to reach out here to support your continued reflection, growth, development, however I can. Um, And so with that, we're going to take a pause before we jump into our first episode on self-distinction this season. I could not be more ecstatic to share with you that yours truly is now an ambassador for one of the most amazing brands out there. That is Eleven by Venus Williams. Yes, Eleven by Venus Williams. I received my welcome package a couple weeks ago with some amazing items in it. And I have to tell you, these are the most comfortable softest items I have ever worn. They're just so well made. And yes, they create a shift in you when you're wearing them. I don't know what it is, but it's just absolutely amazing. According to Venus, as she says, she created 11 to give women quality. She dreamed of creating a community that empowers women to feel and do their best so that they can feel confident It's designed with attitude and confidence for peak and optimum performance, never compromising. Everything about this brand is so aligned to living fabulously fierce and all that I've committed to through Farrah Bernier coaching. And so today I'm so excited to share with you my code so that anytime you go to make a purchase, you can use this 
and be sure to reap the benefits of whatever discounts are in play. That code, after you visit 11byvenuswilliams.com, pick your favorite items that you're seeing, you truly cannot go wrong. You absolutely cannot go wrong. And when you're ready to check out, all you have to do is enter uh, the code COACHFABFIERCE. That's all caps, C-O-A-C-H-F-A-B-F-I-E-R-C-E. Again, check out 11byvenuswilliams.com. Shop to your heart's desire. You cannot go wrong. I can't stress that enough. Check out with code COACHFABFIERCE, and you'll not only be supporting um, 11 by Venus, you'll be doing so with Living Fabulously Fierce, and you'll be reaping some benefits as well, not to mention all the amazing things you'll be able to purchase for yourself. I'm so excited to hear what you treat yourself to through 11 by Venus Williams. And if you're so inclined to post on Instagram, make sure you tag at Living Fabulously Fierce so we see all the things you're donning and I will do the same. Welcome back listeners for today's guest segment. We have someone I am very excited to have take the mic and introduce herself and just go through our usual range of questions. So guest, can you tell us who you are? Hi, so delighted to be with you, Farah. I'm Trista Taylor. I'm the CEO and founder of Regroup and I'm also the mom of two little girls. Awesome. Thanks so much, Trista, for joining us today. Um, one of the other questions I always ask my guests it, when we're going through this kind of process of self-reflection is, if you had to describe the space in which you're having an impact, how would you describe that? Sure. Um, today, as the founder and CEO of my company, I'm helping leaders improve how their people work together. After leading team effectiveness programs at Google and getting my master's in organization development, I left Google to start my own company to really help leaders improve their teams, how the teams work together, as well as how the managers show up when they're managing and leading their teams. So that's the impact I'm having in the company side. I'm also, as I mentioned earlier, a mom. So, you know, really helping my two girls who are uh, let's see, seven and nine right now, um, oh, wow. really develop into people. And that's an amazing impact as well. Yeah. As I hear you, um, just even in describing how you've worked in the past, shifting out of corporate, i.e. Google and the tech space and coming out on your own and focusing on development and even, you know, developing your two daughters, it's the consistent theme around development. What sparked that area of interest for you? I am someone I think that always believed that things could be better, right? Mm -hmm. I never wanted to accept the status quo of how things are today. I look around and I'm like, well, what could be better about this situation? And I want to help others lean into that, even if it's hard. Um, I think, you know, in, in corporate land, I started off as a recruiter. And, um, and that was fun because we got to fill roles and I'm also very action oriented and like to get stuff done that felt very action oriented. But um, in 2008, when the economy had a downturn, I had the opportunity to pivot into a development role at Google. So I owned all the learning and development um, space 
in Seattle and Kirkland in the Washington offices for the engineering groups. And I loved it. Like, I think that's where I really um, found a love of development and specifically organizational development and how, how systems play together, how people play together and just the, uh, the dynamics of the system and how things were going on. What's the most fascinating part of that for you? I think it's the patterns, right? You can, as you work with leaders and teams and systems, you see the patterns and I find it fascinating um, just un uncovering those and unpacking them because many times when you're in the work, you don't notice them. It yeah. might be, you know, the elephant in the room that maybe you see, but nobody else sees, but actually, you know, let's address it and let's talk about it and let's unpack it together. I love that. Um... And as you know, this season, what we've been doing is we've been taking segments of the season three by three by three um, and looking at the process of exploration and branding, essentially, and going through self-discovery, self-definition. And here we are with you kicking us off for self-distinction. And as you, you just said, you know, there's an elephant in the room, but nobody else sees it because you're in it. So when you think about when you show up in the room, what's distinctive about having Trista in the room in this process so that folks really understand what you bring? Yeah, when we're working with a team or I'm, I'm facilitating a team conversation, I'm helping the team kind of look into the mirror of what's happening in the room. And, and what makes me kind of distinctive in that is, um, Firstly, I can see it. I can see what the issue is. And secondly, I can, and with that, I can name it. Um, but secondly, is I am able to hold the space for people to look together at, at that thing. Um, and, and sometimes that's uncomfortable, right? There are plenty of other people who notice, maybe can notice the issue, but aren't willing to step into that space or create the space to have it be something you can talk about. But um, for me, like I'm able to create the safety in the environment with the group. So they feel safe enough to be able to talk about it. Um, you know, it's this balance of, of caring, caring a lot, but also being courageous um, and stepping, stepping into a place of, of courage so that we can have the conversation together because, because we care, because we want to unpack it and resolve it and fix it and move on. You know, we don't want to brush it under the rug and, you know, not look at it. We have to look at it and work on it together. Yeah. As you describe that, what I'm seeing and hearing that's really distinctive about you and your approach to this work is it's courageous care. Your care is definitely palpable. It's even as you talked about what you do and how you do it, the care is so obvious. Um, but sometimes we forget that it's easy in our caring to give people passes, but you're caveating that care with the requirement of being courageous. So that, that is such a good reminder for us to accept that, yes, it's a balance, but actually it's conditional. It sounds like for you, it's conditional, courageous care, not just yeah. care and courage. Yeah. It's not just about giving people passes and being a cheerleader. I mean, I definitely am a cheerleader. I'm like with them, cheering them on, but you know, we have to, we have to address what's really going on in order to really heal and move on and like be an even better, even stronger team or organization. Yeah. I think um, one of the things I also really appreciate that you called out is, you know, just stepping into things, 
accepting that the status quo isn't good enough um, or, or that it can be better. That's how you said, like it can be better. And in the, the world that we're in right now, one of the things that I'm hearing from the leaders that I'm coaching is there's just so much change, stress. Someone yesterday just told me she's actually never felt fearful at work before. Now she's experiencing fear. Mm. And so for you and your work and this distinctive mode of courageous care, um, in the midst of all that's going on, how does that courageous care show up for others? I think first it's meeting people where they're at. Every person is unique in their own experience of what's going on for them, what's important for them. Um, And it's not just the two-dimensional version we see at work. It's also what's happening behind the scenes that we don't, we're not privy to or aware of. So I guess being open to seeing that um, and and supportive of where people are at and, and being a great listener. So asking open questions and helping people feel safe enough to to tell me more about what's going on, unpacking those things, um, and then helping people make sense of it, right? The person that you said um, is experiencing fear for the first time, I'd want to understand, you know, what's what's going on that's raising that feeling, and um, and what sorts of things have they tried, uh, what sorts of things would be helpful, Um, but many times it's not about fixing the problem, it's about helping helping them kind of have the space to talk about these things so they don't feel so alone. I've also been working with a lot of leaders that are under um, having a lot of change under and overwhelmed by all the change that's happening, trying to make sense of all of that while flying the plane, right? Keeping the lights on, doing their job and helping their teams through, through change or, you know, amidst all of the complexity and uncertainty. I think nowadays, um, and I don't know if this is true of everyone, but at least the clients I'm working with, I think managers are being expected to do a lot more than they yeah. have in the past. Yeah. And um, I want to, you know, support them and help them on those journeys. Absolutely. Um, I want to push on something a little bit that in our first conversation a month ago now, I think it was, um, you were sharing your experience with me as like your journey in this space. And something you said has stuck with me since as it relates to your why. And part of it, part of our conversation was the following. I decided that I didn't want to just focus in on meeting people in their problems. I wanted to focus in on meeting people in their passion and hence regroup. As I share that back to you, what does that actually mean for you as you think about what it means for Trista Taylor to be distinctive? Yeah, I think it's more than about problems, but it's about passion and potential and possibility. Like the bigger, the bigger aspect, this kind of goes by, goes back to what I was saying about not wanting to accept the status quo, um, not wanting to just relish or, or I guess sit in our problems, but like, what's the possibility? What's, what, what could we do that would be even better? And I have a lot of passion about that, about living into the future, imagining a better future um, and helping the clients and, and even friends or family that I, I talk with, like helping them uncover what's, um, what's important to them and what are they trying to go for, um, helping them uncover those possibilities and live into it. 
Um, and sometimes it's about unpacking the problems and addressing those so that you can move into that future. But sometimes it's about, well, let's not even talk about the problems. Let's talk about uh, what's important to you and and be more appreciative, take a more appreciative lens on it of looking at what's possible and what's exciting. And sometimes that provides more energies, energy to, to lean into because if you just focus on the problems, it can feel almost like too much, like, oh, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I have to thank you for that reminder because it goes back to, and I think you were starting to go in this direction as you talked about all the things that are going on. VUCA, right? There's so much volatility, uncertainty, change, ambiguity. Like it's it's real. It's not just a theory. But to hear you then say, okay, that's real. That's the problem. What's possible? That's such a huge reminder for us, um, especially in this season where you know, we're having this conversation November 2022. Uh, I think in uh, Mar yeah, March 2020, we all thought we were on this adult timeout that I was calling it the adult timeout for like a few weeks. It's all right. It'll be over in a few. Weeks. And here we are still contending on some level um, with that reality that we were confronting in March. And it would be easy, easier um more familiar to sit in well this is the problem this is the challenge and 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 the compounding but if we step back and say okay yeah not playing naive not denying but in this what's possible mm -hmm. i think that's such a good reminder for us to just embrace that reframe so thank you so part of self-distinction, um, we take a different spin on it here in that it's not about what makes you special, what makes you unique. We've kind of talked about that a little bit, but when you think about how you take this approach with your clients, with um, your team and with your family, you talked a little bit about um, folks in your personal life. What's missing when Trista is not in the room that kind of conveys your distinction? <laughs> What comes up for me when you say that is like a team that I was part of at Google. Um, and I got a lot of feedback from my team about how I showed up and what was missing. And sometimes people would try and play the Trista role when I wasn't there. And they still mention this. So I would nice. ask this question in a team meeting. Is this the conversation we want to be having? It would be mm -hmm. a common Trista question because oftentimes the agenda would just go off the rails. Yeah. And um, I'm one of those people that I'm very thoughtful about time, about you know what is the agenda? What are we trying to accomplish? What's most important for us? You know, We have eight people on this call. What's most important for us to talk about? And oftentimes the agenda would just spiral. Into a <laughs> oh, that never <laughs> happens. What are you talking about? <laughs> And, you know, I, I don't need to control the agenda, but I do want us to be thoughtful about it yeah. and say, okay, is this the conversation we really want to be having? Yeah. And so um, when I'm not in the room, I think sometimes the agenda just kind of either isn't there or um, goes off the rails and people people aren't able to like get resolution in a, yeah. in a way that's really helpful um, of like, what are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to decide? What are next steps? You know, I'm a very action oriented person. So, you know, having things kind of tidied up at the end of a meeting is something that, that I add uh, when I'm in the room. <laughs> How do you, um, 
reinforce that because what I'm hearing is that's a that's a Trista thing so much so that people when you're not there it's clear to them what they should try to replicate it's that that's amazing first of all that's strong branding um how do you reinforce that now you mean when I'm not in the room or when I'm there sorry when you are there like how do you reinforce this distinction that you have it's funny it just it did get to be this like expected way of me showing up to the point where when the agenda did go off the rails they would all look at me <laughs> like help bring us back on track right, right. Um, and so some of it is about repetition um to the point where it got kind of funny um and and some of it is being intentional maybe at the beginning of of a meeting like helping crisp up the agenda or clarify who's going to do what and uh, why we're there, what's the purpose, what are they, what do we want to leave this meeting with, and maybe kicking off the meeting, clarifying some of that, so we're all on the same page as far as why we're here, what we want to get out of our time together, and part of it can be about connect connection and getting to know each other, or, you know, getting those aspects of, of relationship, that's a purpose for a meeting, so, you know, it doesn't always have to be about the agenda, but, yeah. you know, let's be intentional about our time together. I, I love that, because candidly, you could have been and, and sincerely honest about this, but you could have just said, well, it's just who I am. It's default. And that's great. But what I'm hearing is ownership of who you are. It's, it's who I am. This is how I operate. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And there's ways that I think ahead of time to reinforce this distinction. I'm present in the moment. I call upon it. And even, you know, understanding where I can flex. Um, so that's super, super helpful. Yeah, I would say like a big thing about uh, when I'm not in the room, like we're not going to get to action. I'm a very like action oriented person. Like what is the thing that we need to achieve and how are we going to do it? Yeah. So I imagine and you don't have to give us specific examples, but I imagine in the reality that we just discussed, some things come your way that throw you off as well and your humanity. Um, and when you see that you're kind of off kilter on reinforcing this, this distinction and mode of operating, how do you hold yourself accountable even through um, one word, if you will? What we always say here is, for me, I know when I'm off, I can just call myself to living fabulously fierce. And I know for Farah, that's about authenticity, intention, masterful execution, get yourself to get there. And it's just a quick thing. This week was a really hard week that happened multiple times. So if you had to finish the phrase living fabulously blank for you, that reflects that accountability, what would that one word be? Hmm. I guess it would have to be um, like active, like, hmm. um, like moving and and not sitting still and keeping things going. Yeah, forward moving. Yeah. And everything. Living yeah. active. I love that. So, with all your experience and just especially now as a CEO of your group and understanding where you want to take the company and the organization and the work, if you could think back to the Trista of 10, maybe 15 years ago. What wisdom do you have now that if you could give to her, you absolutely want her to have? Gosh, I would tell her to not be so afraid. Uh, I had what it took to like leave Google and start my own business. 
And I had it earlier than I knew. Uh, so I would just say, um, be brave and take the leap. And you've got this girl and you will figure it out. Um, and yeah, things, things are not as scary as they seem. That's awesome. That's, thank you. That's a perfect point to land on. Um, and if our listeners want to connect with you, find out more about Regroup and all your offerings, or even just you as a person who's inspiring others, how can they find you or learn more? Awesome. Um, I am posting on LinkedIn so they can find me there. And my website is regroup.co. Awesome. Trista, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, for your insights, um, and for sharing your reflection with us today. Really appreciate it. And I look forward to continuing to just support Regroup and highlighting any other wins that come your way here as well for our Living Fabulously Fierce community. Thank you so much, Ferris. Good to be with you. Of course, awesome. Um, listeners, thank you so much for joining, joining us again here. Appreciate your attention, your time. Um, we'll pause for this week and just wishing you a fabulous week ahead and encouraging you to stay fierce. Hey there, as we end today's episode, just one quick reminder. Living Fabulously Fierce is all about building community in this journey to living with AIM. With that, I really would appreciate you just doing a couple of things. If you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button for the podcast. And if you're really enjoying these sessions, please do leave a review. We want to make sure that it's easy for folks to find the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast and have it recommended to them as a resource. But the best way for us to do that is to have more subscribers, reminder, click that button, and to also leave a review. Finally, if you really, really love the podcast, don't be stingy. Share it with your network. All of this just takes a few minutes and it'll ensure that the support needed to keep the podcast going as a free resource to as many people as possible is definitely in place. So again, please subscribe, review, and share. Thanks so much in advance and I'll catch you in the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,